you're listening to Charge Podcast, episode 16, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. How are you today, man? Hey, buddy. I was uh, thinking about how it was funny that we used to be super nervous when we started doing this, and we were <laughs> like, oh, gosh, what are we doing? It's this weird podcast, and now we just do it, and it's fun. It is. It's nice. It is. It's like um, a... Re- a break in my week of just like okay i get to hang out with owen and talk about technology it's fun yeah it's chill i don't like it when we miss uh a week yeah sorry about last week that was it was my fault or your fault but we should just both of us yeah, <laughs> we both flaked scantily clad lads i don't so, not quite sure why. <laughs> tell me tell me about <laughs> i'm in san francisco are we, right like now. what are you, what are you wearing <laughs> Like I, I've never asked you that. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt right now. I'm in my buddy J- Justin's basement. Actually, Justin was nice. on the show once. Justin Johnson. He just oh, had a kid. Cool. So that Justin. Yeah, That's so I cool. came to San Francisco for a vacation. Oh, nice. Who goes to San Francisco for a vacation? <laughs> <laughs> only, a, only a founder does that. Yeah, it's so hard too because, uh, I mean, I'm, it's I'm, San Francisco. I'm a, all I'm thinking is like, I want to get away from all this work. I'm going to go hang out with some VCs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny too, nice. because I got, I got off the plane at the airport and I'm just like, uh, it smells like startup douchebaggery here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not, it's weird here, but it is a really beautiful place. If you, if you've never I been, really like, like you've San been to San Francisco, but. If you're listening and you've never been to San Francisco, it's pretty, it's worth checking out. And it's really not that hard to like meet nerdy tech people and just like have interesting conversations. You just have to really recognize that they are completely devoid of reality outside of this valley and this peninsula for the, for the most part. And that's like a brash sweeping generalization, but I don't, you know, don't try and have particular, uh, I'll stop now. I'm being mean. If if you want the kind of vacation with long walks on the beach and going to the park and catching Ubers and talking to nerds, San Francisco is for you. (laughs) No culture. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. It's been very busy. But I'm going to Oslo uh, next week, which is pretty cool. So I'm excited about that. Oslo is in Norway? Yeah. I'm going to a conference on an island. It's going to be really really sick. That is sick. So that's that's me. So what happened in tech? What happened in tech? Well, Yahoo got... Apparently, Yahoo is in the process of being acquired by uh, Verizon. (laughs) Oh, Yahoo still exists. (laughs) Interesting stuff. So... (laughs) Um, Marissa took over yeah. what now? How long? What? How long has her uh, reign been? Like, I think she's been time. ten years or something like that. Maybe less than that. No, I think like five years. Like, no, it feels like a long time, but it's not as long as you think. Like Jerry Chen was in charge before, right? Was it Jerry? That no. was a while ago. <laughs> the partner at Greylog Ventures. Oh god, Jerry I don't know what's even happening. Yeah, it was like Gary Chen or like somebody by a similar name. I'm looking this is how well organized we are. This week. CEO Marissa Mayer. I think oh Jerry Ch- Jerry Yang. My mistake. Yang, yeah, Jerry Chen. 
Jerry's yeah, going to be like, sorry. what are these guys talking about? Yeah, who are these people? Yeah, they had a couple anyway. of temporary CEOs. She came in in 2012. 13, 14, so, 15, 16. By my math, that's about four years, yeah. Damn. So, whoa. Okay. Basically, it takes five years to build to to pick a future point and then build towards that future point right. now she had one huge thing going against her and that was um yahoo, yahoo <laughs> as a whole yeah she had like this whole mass so like you probably need to build in like three years of dismantling the existing system so that you can rebuild it to point towards mm-hmm. this future thing and then probably four years of of building the next system and then allowing the people to operate within the system in order for them to capture that future value that's probably another you know long period of time so i i don't i don't know exactly what what people expected from this situation like right. if you it, like if you wanted her to turn the company around, the first thing she had to do was basically wander through the the office as the angel of death and mm-hmm. and you know wield her sword and just take out basically take out or realign half the company. But and probably under, understand from the people that work in the company who are close to the lowest level of the company, like the who are right. closest to the, the customer, basically the direction that she should point it and then she should point it, should have pointed it in that direction. But yeah, I don't know. I think she tried to rebuild old Yahoo or something. And so here we are four yeah, years they just later. Tried to like tear it all down and start again, basically like her strategy was very much like acquire, acquire, acquire and try and get good talent in that way. Like the Tumblr acquisition, you know, that was, it was a pretty good call I think at the time, but it went nowhere. Did you know yeah. that Microsoft tried to acquire Yahoo for $53 billion in 2008? Yeah, didn't Yahoo try to buy Google at one point? Yeah, for $1 billion, I think. And Google said, nah, five. And Yahoo said, how about four? And then they walked away. And then so, didn't they go back? I think they went back to them later and even offered them more. And you yeah, Google, even more. Like, and they tried to acquire Facebook, too, who said no. So... Hmm. Um, big price tag there. I think $4 billion, um, completely undervalued. The suitor itself is probably the most interesting part, right? Like Verizon acquiring Yahoo. They're really big on that ad business and media industry. Yeah. I spoke to a friend of mine who works in capital markets. She, Mm -hmm. um, prepares, I don't know. I just call her an economist and she doesn't like that, but she prepares reports for people to understand how to create credit facilities for massive companies and deals like this. So she messaged me and she's like, what do you think of this whole, uh, Yahoo thing? Why, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Mm I was like, Oh, well metadata. Yeah. She's like, huh? Verizon wants to plonk a, a SaaS platform on top of their metadata. And then, you know, they'll be able to capitalize on this uh, uh, connection between their physical infrastructure layer, their metadata layer, their abstraction of that, which is their uh, metadata layer, and then and then a software platform. You have Verizon. Verizon is one of the main trunks. Like, it's a large, large 
uh, bandwidth provider. And so it knows yeah. a lot. Every If you're on Verizon and you're connecting to Verizon, uh, or if you're on non-Verizon and you're connecting to a Verizon cell tower, Verizon knows what, who you, like what's going on, who you are, like everything, right? Like this is, I had a thesis years ago to start a company around the telcos that would have taken out Google because it was a, this was a long time ago because it was a lower level software platform that had, um, had access to all of the stuff that Google has built, had to build themselves by not having access to that low level, um, customer insight. So I, I explained mm-hmm. that to, to my friend and she said, well, the reason I'm interested in this because the FCC is going to get interested in that. And she, she said, I think that the FCC chairman is going to really go hard on preventing telecom companies from using customer data, um, in any other, in any manner, in any, in any kind of monetizing manner. Um, and I said, I don't believe that I, that customer, that metadata data is actually considered customer data because it's not, it's outside of the scope of what we call PII, which is personally identifiable information or PSI, which is personally sensitive information. Um, and right. all of the acts that, that, and all of the legislation and legislation that's written around of that stuff, from my experience, does not uh, have a, a great um, grasp on the, on the, control of the metadata layer of customer metadata. So it'll be interesting. It's certainly a great partnership if Verizon can pull this off and figure out how to actually, I I really hope they have a great, great, smart, proper future thinker that's like understanding how to build this SaaS platform, kind kind of tie it and couple it in tightly with with their existing um, existing customer base and their existing technologies. Cause there's a lot of opportunity there. And if you can do that properly, you know, great. Like they Verizon will soar, but it's Verizon it's, talking about. It's a telco. Like they don't know how to yeah, do it. And they own it. It's so funny useless. though. Like they're really pushing on the media biz quite a lot as well. They have AOL, which is kind of funny because they own TechCrunch and OnGadget and some others. And then with Yahoo, they have like the default homepage of probably like 40% of America, right? So (laughs) the telco industry really, uh, really, really commoditized itself. Yeah, they just dumb pipes. So I can see why they want to get away from that. Well, they didn't, they didn't know how to do anything other than lay and then when they got into this race to the bottom of like they net they they stopped they they no one innovated in telco for a very long time right like that's why you see google fiber yeah they had tons of capital expense which they laid out in literal physical infrastructure and then they were like all right well we're in a highly regulated monopolistic market there's only five of us uh there's there's a small number of customers we'll just pass them back and forth for the next like you know 100 years or whatever and like (laughs) you know and then just like just do all this crazy stuff with like packages that make no sense and like uh, bundle your bundle your stations with your like who the hell watches TV anymore like the the yeah, telcos because you got like the cable company and the telecom companies are the same thing right like they're they're the same it's all the same shit so you know Time Warner Comcast Verizon all of them they and uh, I was speaking to. S- senator the other day and i was like well what's gonna happen to the telcos and he just looked at me he's like no telcos did this to themselves i was like okay fine right telcos die then 
that's yeah it's really like if it doesn't pass like what will yahoo do i guess they've got backup plans but like they need to sell right i mean i think it's uh, this is dude being a public market company not fun like they're have if they were just left alone and didn't have to deal with these activist investors and like maybe could raise some money or something like that i'm sure that she could have fixed the company and built something really cool with it. Right. She just literally wasn't given that opportunity. Like people wanted a miracle in four years. Well, miracles don't happen. So how about you let someone do hard work? And I, I, I'm like, I don't, sorry. I don't proclaim to be like a particularly smart or intelligent person by any means. And like, I like but i bet if you gave me yahoo i could do something with it but i know it would take me eight years yeah yeah well she tried with like laying off so many people and i think that you're right like the public markets make it irrational don't they four four years is not much to turn around like the titanic (laughs) (laughs) i would like if you're like john save yahoo i'd be like no problem see you in eight years don't talk to me yeah exactly did you see the other interesting thing about the WikiLeaks? Yeah, that's pretty weird, huh? WikiLeaks yeah, is losing some friends. All, all of a sudden, they've got like an agenda. <laughs> Not that they it's didn't the whole time, but it's way more apparent now, right? Mm-hmm. So that's Julian Assange, right? Yeah, yeah. Assange. And they've been like attacking people. Well, okay, what did like what actually happened? First of all. Because I'm not like super okay, so, good at American politics, so. Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah, so the um, the DNC, which is the the Democrats' uh, national committee, it's their, ah, their that's overarching. What yeah, the overarching body that kind of. So there's the the America is effectively a two party system. Although right. many Americans will not tell you that it's a two party system because their founding <laughs> fathers would not particularly like that. But uh, so there's the GOP, which is. Um, yep the uh, Republicans and then there's the Democrat uh, uh, group. And so, um, you know, in American politics, you have this like run up to the election season where they put forward their, um, they put forward their, their candidate. And then uh, the candidate kind of runs against the other candidate in, but under the same party umbrella. And then whoever Mm -hmm. they like, they put forward as their, um, as their nomination for, for, the people to vote on who's going to be the president of the country. Right. Really weird. I mean, I mean I'm, used to, I'm used to the Canadian system, which seems to yeah. make a lot more sense. But anyway. Um, What's well, a nice Canada in the political system? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right. Anyway. Um, so the Democrats, basically, they put forward or Hillary Clinton came forward and Bernie Sanders came forward and then we had this race. And then on the Democrat side, there was like, you know, Ted Cruz and, and, or on the Republican side, Ted Cruz and, and, and Donald Trump mm. and all the, these, those, those, those were like the, the crazy men's men in suits that were on stage saying weird things to each other. So on the, on the Democrat side, someone hacked the, uh, DNC's email server. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's some now, uh, theories that it was actually, uh, Russia, Russian government what? and, yeah, and that oh, I've seen incited, them reaching out on Twitter about this. 
yeah, incited by Donald Trump is like this shit that's on like CNN and stuff here. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically what happened was they owned this email server. They got all of the email. I'm sure it was just like a crappy pop three server on like yeah. someone's basement <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> just right, like like uh, Outlook Express 2001 or something. Yeah. Windows NT server with admin admin as the password. Um, and and they got all these emails and then they released them. So Wik- WikiLeaks, Julian Assange's, Assange's thing, um, released them to the public. And this release kind of um, showed that the DNC had really specifically been supporting and proactively supporting Hillary Clinton's campaign and actually specifically trying to smother and like derail what? Bernie Sanders' campaign. No so way. it's like... Yeah, so that's like basically like you go to what work every day and you're a VP and then you have like another VP and then like every day the CEO of the company actively tries to make sure that you can't do your job and that you're being sabotaged and that you're going to fail. Oh my God. Shit. <laughs> okay. Wild. So then what's wow. happening, of course, is all the Bernie Sanders supporters are just like, okay, like screw this and are like interrupting speeches and getting crazy. So anyway, it's, it's American politics. It's all just, it's just a horse and pony show anyway. But, um, but, but damn, uh, that's, that's damning. And the fact that like WikiLeaks was involved and potentially, <laughs> potentially a Russian group is even crazier. Oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely clear that like you said, uh, uh, WikiLeaks has a bit of an agenda these days. Yeah. I mean, if you read the Twitter feed at the moment, it's like, completely the polar opposite of the WikiLeaks I remember from the early days when they leaked the the original cables, right? They were all about like this whole fighting for freedom and, uh, and now they're going and saying to people, we'll send our lawyers to your place for sending such uh, false information or something. It's just crazy. Like the whole attitude has changed. Yeah, it's sad. But I think, I mean, more than anything, it's a real reflection on the sad, sad state of affairs of American politics. Like, yeah, what a what a crazy. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore because it just. It, well, let's talk yeah, about something cooler. So Pokemon Go. <laughs> let's talk about Pokemon Go. Again. Okay, so I thought. What is up with I, that? I found this one and I thought you'd like it because I know that you love hating on the EU and especially EU regulators. Um, yeah. Okay, so TLDR is that Pokemon Go is using the American terms of service um, for for Pokemon Go. Right. And very, very standard uh, uh, clause yeah. in an American uh, terms of service waiver is the uh, uh, waiving the rights to courtroom representation um, as a play, as a plaintiff oh, yeah, or yeah. a member of a, of a class action lawsuit um, in favor of uh, binding in, in individual arbitration uh, arbitration right uh, unless the user uh, opts out within a month of the download so that's like very standard you know oh, like yeah. we, we did this a deal all the time like basically you, you like every company does this you can't you can't like be pissed off at us and then and then go and and uh launch a class action right. lawsuit now you know uh, that's so lawyer and like i personally feel a little uncomfortable about it but also right you know business is business and sometimes you just have to listen to the lawyers yeah so the eu basically said well um this is not chill 
and that we don't run this way in Europe. And so <laughs> you're going to have to redo your, uh, your terms of service if you want to operate in Europe. Um, wow. yeah, so I'm sure that, uh, I think it was, uh, it was actually the, the French that kind of started to make a huge fuss about it first. Um, who's going to sue Pokemon? Come on now. Well, they're, they would, it's, a it's a 15,000 euro a day fine that they would get. I think if they, uh, what? Yeah. no way. That's crazy. Yeah. So we'll see. Damn. We'll see what happens. So I thought that was an interesting one. Cause I know that you hate it when the, the EU messes with the free oh, market. The EU is thirsty, thirsty for messing with the uh, market. So I guess uh, like along those lines, did you see that? I don't like, I don't know if you're into torrents. I don't know, but, 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 <laughs> Uh, are you are you into torrents? I mean, I. <laughs> it sounds like, it almost sounded like I was asking you if you're into porn or something. Like, are you, are you into these <clears> things? <laughs> anyway, um, I, I have. I, have you heard of a website? In my life, I have used a computer to consume pornography. Yes. Okay. But anyway, I can't. Go have I used the so, Have you heard of? <laughs> okay, carry on. Have have you heard of a site called Kickass yes. Torrents? I think it's like probably as big as the Pirate Bay or very near that I don't size. Know if I can, but, I've um, used it to download completely legitimate, um, uh, distributed, legal Ubuntu, Ubuntu, oh, ISOs. Yeah, Ubuntu ISOs many times. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> speaking about that site, did you? I, I don't know. It's crazy. So they apparently caught the owner. <laughs> And uh, it's gone offline. Yeah, the the whole site is gone. The uh, the feds uh, found the owner. I think it was Polish. Yeah, he's Polish. He's being extradited. No way. And uh, they caught him. This is the best part. They caught him because he did an iTunes transaction on the same account, like email address that he was registered to as the owner of Kickass Torrents. That's how they found him. They subpoenaed Apple. <laughs> for his iTunes account, oh, he got no outed way. by iTunes. So basically, <laughs> he was buying something legitimate. So they had his IP address, but they didn't know who he was. And then he must That's have been right. signed into a VPN and bought something on on yeah. it iTunes. That, uh, the two things he did that day: they knew his IP address, and um, they knew. Uh, like they thought who he was, but they were confirming. And he logged into the, the Kickass Torrent Facebook account and then bought something on iTunes. <laughs> wow, that sucks. What a way to get screwed. Anyway, yeah, the site's gone. So yeah, I read. Um, have you heard of the book uh, How Music Got Free? It's really good. It was one of the best rated tech books of last year. And I was reading about how uh, it's like about the proliferation of the MP3 and all that kind of thing. And there used to be a famous music site called Oink which was like the oh, biggest yeah. torrent the site. Yeah. And the, like the way that ended up going offline is very much so the same. Like the guy was not particularly private about hiding his identity, but one day they connected the dots and they just got him. <laughs> that was it. I think there was like a lot of early day, like Netherlandish and like a German and British, um, 
folks who started these types of like torrent sites and like botnets yep. and and like Europeans are super and into copyright law. Right. And so but I think that they thought that they were just not ever going to get in trouble for this. I don't think that they realized yeah. that like well over a long the, period the of US time government the US government's, government's just going to come right to your door. I think that's that. Yeah, like they can they can expedite you and stuff. As someone who has been deported, I can I can attest for the fact that the United States government does not is relentless on knowing what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it's it's interesting nonetheless. You, you know what like my feeling is with this is that all of a sudden torrenting seems to be very much so being pushed underground. You know, the Pirate Bay yeah. has kind of disappeared countless times. It's still around, but like not really. You know, Kickass Torrents was the second biggest one. Like, I actually don't know if I know where to go to torrent, other than the Pirate Bay. If I wanted to torrent, not that I do anything other than download le- legitimate Ubuntu ISOs. Yes. <laughs> but like, you know what um, I mean? It's if I want to download a torrent, I just Google the thing I'm looking for. No way. Plus the word torrent. <laughs> yep. And then just and then just download it. And it's I usually do... Ubuntu <laughs> ISOs <I'm>... torrent. <laughs> Yes. And then I make sure that if I'm downloading my Ubuntu ISO torrents, I'm on public Wi-Fi. Ah, interesting. So you don't do it at home is what you're saying. I do not download torrents at home. You don't cross the streams. Interesting. Do you keep... No, do I you, use... Do you delete those Ubuntu ISOs after using them? I do. And I also... Yeah, and I connect to, I connect to the um, Wi-Fi of the coffee shop across the street and just let it download overnight. Oh, brutal. <laughs> so, <laughs> no one's in the coffee shop and it's overnight i remember that being a legitimate legitimate defense actually actually this book so we forgot to do book club last time but this is my book recommendation this week is how music got free and i'll put it in the notes it's really good these so there's these underground sites called private torrent trackers right and these are where like kind of the wealth of the good content comes from and uh in the early days like what cd and oink and all these really famous ones they um when they started getting worried about being caught they actually advised their members to set their wi-fi networks to be open because the courts had found that if their wi-fi's networks were open they couldn't be to blame they could just say they had bad security and anybody did it which is really interesting (laughs) wild anyway i don't know i just think that like if you look at what's happened to music streaming and the rise of netflix like maybe it's getting easier to get the things that people want. So I also like, yeah, I don't like, okay. So I used to, I used to, uh, can I, get, I don't think I can get in trouble. I, I definitely <laughs> have consumed music. Uh, I may, I, I may have accidentally confused consumed music that, uh, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure in my youth where it came from. Um, but now these days, you know, I have disposable income. I'm an adult. I just buy, I just buy all my music, right? right. Like I literally just, yeah, I stream. I, I buy everybody uses LimeWire or whatever at least once. Yeah, FrostWire, LimeWire, yeah. uh, eDonkey, Nets, Mesh, Net, Mesh, Napster. Napster. Yeah, I'm sure I've, I've used them all to download a bunch of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have downloaded many fine <laughs> distributions of Linux. <laughs> I have so many CentOSes on my desktop. <laughs> Five megabyte 
four minute long versions of Centos. If you're listening and you're like, what are you guys talking about? We're basically talking about um, little, what are called ISOs, which are like zips of CDs. And then you like, can it's run like a the virtual CD, CD on your computer. Yeah, it's like a virtual CD-ROM. Uh, and so Ubuntu is a, is a Linux uh, server, mostly server uh, operating system that we use to run websites and run internet <laughs> stuff. So it's all open source and free. It's written by Linus. Well, anyway, we won't get into that, but yes. But you get so we're idea. just talking about silly things. Yeah. Ubuntu is the only legitimate torrent I know, though, so that's why I keep making that joke. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, yeah. So Dollar Shave Club also acquired. <laughs> yeah, a billion dollars for a company that started as a viral video. Isn't that kind of crazy? But also makes total sense. Like, someone buys my company for a billion dollars. Hey, man, they might. I if mean, that happens, I'll still do the podcast. Oh, okay. I'm glad. But we're going to have like gold-plated microphones at that point or some shit. <laughs> we'll do it on a chat every week. Oh, hell yeah. So... It's interesting though, isn't it? Like Dollar Shave Club is not anything particularly different except they took a thing that people hate doing and made it just come to your house, aka buying razors, and then now they come to your door and you don't think about it. Like that's pretty cool. But I also think they came at a unique time, right? Like Amazon now does that. If you want to subscribe to washing powder, you can just do it. So, (laughs) I mean, I am going to really reveal my first worldness in 10 seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. I stopped buying razors and shaving stuff a long time ago. Okay. And I just go to the I just go to the barber in the morning on my way to work once a week and pay what? ten bucks to get my beard. That's pretty and, nice though. <laughs> dude, it's ten bucks. I get it done on like once a week on Monday morning. It's like a ritual. It's good for the week. Good for the week. Hmm. Get a you get a free coffee with it too. And you, so don't, and you don't end up putting your face. The price of the coffee. Yeah, it's like it's That's nice. Great. Well, I don't so, know. I, I just the reason right I wanted to at least bring up the dollar shave thing is it's kind of interesting, right? Like people are always worried about being late to the industry or late to the internet, and then you see these like billion dollar in cash acquisitions for something that started as a video and was actually a great idea. Like there's so many industries that can be disrupted by these like seemingly simple ideas. It's really interesting. Yeah, you know, I actually I take back my first world comment. I think Dollar Shave Club is first world. Oh, I think definitely. what I do is more how people should do it. Like go yeah. support local businesses, go see your barber, like yeah. get your like if you can afford it, if you're using some stupid like app to get your shaving stuff delivered, At your why don't you go give someone a job? Yeah. yeah. There's a barber near your house. There's <laughs> probably ten near your house and you don't even know it. Yeah. So it's cynical, it's John, one last thing to talk about this week. You left Twitter. Uh oh. You did, did you delete your account? What's going on? I can't tweet you and it gives me anxiety. <laughs> I can only send you a message four other ways now. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, this is such a big topic. Well, I'm excited. Okay. I've been thinking for a long time that I wanted to delete my Twitter because mm-hmm. I didn't believe in the community that I built up around myself. I think that a lot of people who <clears throat> followed me followed me as a result of the things that I'd done mm-hmm. in my career, um, digital ocean, all of these other things and stuff. But I don't never, there was a very small number of people who I believe followed me because they actually cared about my thoughts right. and my ideas and stuff. And 
so there's that. So, but then just couching that, my thoughts and my ideas, you know, maybe they're good, maybe they're bad, whatever, who cares? They're mine. Maybe <laughs> I have an audience and maybe I don't. If that is true though, my thoughts, I'm afraid are, I'm not, I'm just, I can't get my thoughts concisely enough into, mm. into being able to be sensical and like useful to people on Twitter, which means then it's just for me. And right. people didn't really like, like, I don't need to be goofy on, on Twitter. Like I can be goofy with my friends. I can be goofy in our little Slack group chat group and I can be, you know, and I can think can, can have an outlet for my thoughts and my feelings without it being with public and yeah. with our friends. Yeah. And, and the people who cho- choose to listen every week are the ones that choose to listen because they like to, to hear what we have to say about right. things and they like to think about the things that we like to think about. And that's nice. Yeah. Right. I am so incredibly like deeply more Zen than I was when I had Twitter. Really? Like I'm more thoughtful in the real world. I am more deliberate about what I do. I'm way less stressed out. I'm a much nicer person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually it's so crazy. Cause I still have stay like at stay here, our company's Twitter. Right. I still have that on my phone and I just, you know, I'll occasionally if there's like someone tweets us or whatever, my toes in, it's usually not, you know, I'm not super assigned to social media. Um, but I noticed the other day we were running this advert and our advert is about is a, an advert on Twitter for um, an, uh, an op-ed piece that we wrote. Oh uh, yeah. The one about, on yeah. About how uh, cities need better communication platforms. Well, that was out for like five minutes and this dude just slew of hate down on our company. Really? You are, oh yeah, you don't understand communities. You don't understand people. You don't understand humans. And I'm like, wait a second. Did you even read the post or are you just being angry? Like I didn't say that, but I'm just looking just at this angry. stream of hate coming in. He's just seven o'clock in the morning too. He's in Brooklyn and he's just woken up and he says, sees his advert and he wants to have some, he wants to he use wants a soapbox. He wants to pick a fight. Yep. He wants to use a soapbox. He wants to wake up and feel good in the morning about himself and go to work feeling like, yeah, I'm strong. And I and I was like, whoa. It was stark, right? It was so sharp. I was just like, that was me. Yeah. And I don't like this. And so it's turned me completely off. Like it's it was actually that ex- one interaction where I was just like, Nah, I don't need that. I don't need this app. I don't need this community. It's not actually the right community for me. And and that's fine. I'm fine with it. And like and also, like, and this is my final thought on the on the subject, but no one ever actually talked to me on Twitter. Like you talk to me. Right. But other than that, no one actually ever talked to me. No one actually wanted to have a real conversation with me about anything. Right. And I would put out stuff where I'd be like, hey, what is like Yellen's talking to the Fed about this thing right now and it seems insane. What do people think? No, nothing. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, then I don't need to be here. See you later. Like it's just anyway, what these do you are, think? These are very much the thoughts that I have about Twitter as well. Like when I think about Twitter, I don't like that it you know, your identity kind of gets quite tied up in it when you've been on there for a while. I really, you know, I built, I think it's really fun for building communities and talking to people, but you're right. It is very much so a lot of knee jerk. Hate is a lot easier than like nice things on Twitter, I think. 
and there's not that many people that aren't negative on there. I, I don't know. Maybe again, it's all about like building the right community, but I just don't, I think about deleting my Twitter a lot as well, but I also, I'm very torn on it because it also got me a lot of cool stuff as well. If that makes sense. As a writer, like I would have never had that without that Twitter. And so that's, what's really like tears me up about it is I would love to not be on Twitter, but also I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I look, you can't, someone's opinion in 140 characters is not thoughtful discourse. And it's that's not valid. either. <laughs> I mean, it might be, but it's just not, it's certainly never thoughtful discourse. Like I just don't feel like I've ever had really deeply thoughtful exchanges with people on Twitter. And so, you know, it's fine for consuming the news or whatever, but that's, I can consume the news at news.google.com and it's not one view of the world that is the view of the world um, that I have chosen to follow and that has chosen to follow me. I mean, it really is an echo chamber. And so I'm not saying I'll never be back on Twitter. I mean, I deleted, deleted Jay Edgar, the account and just recreated it. Uh, So all of those followers, all of that content is gone. Damn, man. So if I start to use the account again, you, have to reset. you know, I'll start from zero again. And that and that will be great because at that point, you know, maybe if six months will pass and I will have built a new community and maybe the listeners of our podcast will want to follow me and, and appreciate what I have to say. But I felt so disconnected with the community that I built up and I was definitely right. using it as an, an eco crutch. I was yeah, using it to fill like my, myself. I wonder, yeah, yeah, I'm considering, I really am considering taking like a Twitter holiday. I don't know. I have a couple of weeks off, so maybe I'll just like change my password and give it to somebody else. <laughs> and then I would, yeah, I would recommend it. It's really, really nice. It must be like therapeutic, right? Especially when you, you're on holiday right now, you're not checking your Twitter feed. You're just hanging out. Yeah. I also have noticed that I, have the this is going to sound super weird but like i almost have the courage to speak to people more liberally and more freely in the real world than i did when i had didn't have twitter before like now i'll like sit in an uber and strike up a conversation with the taxi driver about you know politics or the world and i'll listen to what they have to say and like we'll have a great conversation the other day i like randomly there were these people that were working like doing an inspection of a building and i just like stopped and talked to them for half an hour about what they were doing and what their job was like and i don't know my my bored mind my want to procrastinate is still finding an outlet for itself but it's finding an outlet for itself in a much healthier way and and that makes me happy that's right? really, like, really cool it's a yeah, I'm well, super I think, Twitter, happy. I'm really I think happy. you know, like the whole there's that whole analogy of the 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 pokey machine kind of lever thing, and that that's like the whole thing of iOS is like Twitter encourages you to keep pulling down and seeing what's new, and I think it's really easy to fall into that trap of just doing that, right? Like countless times I've just sat on the couch looking at Twitter, like uh, just like scrolling down or scrolling back up to see what's new. So that's really interesting. I think I might take a break too. I really, I really thought it was cool. You know the account like at Darth with the cute puppies mm-hmm. and stuff. Like he took a break. He or she took a break for six months or something. So I think that's respectable. If you've got shit to do, start up uh, L Jackson. 
yeah, start up L Jackson, and then that person was revealed. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think it's cool. Maybe that's why Twitter is struggling to keep people. Like it's, you said yourself, one interaction put you off, and maybe it's the community is kind of toxic. I don't know. I I got a lot of value from Twitter as well, so it's hard to say that. But it's really interesting. You know that Milo Yano oh, yeah. Popolis. Did you yes. hear about his permanent ban from Twitter? Yeah. Really like great. permanently banned. <laughs> yeah, they blocked him completely and uh thwarting all signups, which is well overdue. But I think they need a heavier hand like that, right? I mean, you know, why don't they just start charging 150 bucks a year? And they there should. we go. Well, who the hell is like, paying 150 bucks a year to spew hate into the world like what a like no one's doing that that's so. like those websites that charge you one buck to comment or something i think that's cool yeah. it encourages like people not to comment anyway very very cool i have one more thing i want to well it's just because it's kind of relevant but i want people to i want to i actually want to hear what people think about this but so you know tour the tour project yep did you hear about what happened with Jacob Applebaum. No, what you know happened? Jacob uh, Applebaum I think I saw some of this. What happened? Yeah, he was the sea. Well, he's so, like the shepherd of Tor or whatever. Main dude. Yeah, he's like the he's like the yeah he's like the Solomon Ikes of uh, Docker to Tor. Um, so basically, um, he's been asked to leave the tour project due to uh, allegations of harassment and sexual abuse and all these wow. different, you know, usual, um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think it's a, a fairly genuine reflection on a lot of the uh, older school and, and more uh, deeply technical uh, open source projects on the internet today. But uh, so they just released the results of the investigation. Um, they they hired an internal or an external investigator and a law firm to look into it and found um, that there were instances where um, he acted incredibly inappropriately. Um, and I guess if you work on an open source project like Tor or um, you know marathon or docker or and this kind of stuff is happening you should be really proactive in speaking to the yeah um the stewards and the and the and the people in the community because how could it have gone on so long uh it's not good and i think that this is a systemic issue yeah i think that it's happening in a lot of areas in open source and i think that if we don't flush it out then open source won't move forward uh and be accessible to everyone which is what is required um you can leave your sexist misogynistic uh comments in your brain you don't need to put them at the end of a pull request you don't need to put them on your blog i mean i (laughs) i read this book i read this book Honestly, Owen, I was five minutes into the book yeah. and I almost threw up. Like wow. I, I, I want a refund for that book. I hate it so much. It's called um, Chaos Monkeys. Okay. Can't remember the guy who it's by. But it's not in book club. Do not read that book. It is 
it will make you so angry about Silicon Valley and the technology industry and everything that's going on. Your head will literally explode. That guy is oh, that's okay, crazy. So we don't but recommend that book. You know, Interesting. You, so. And I like, I don't want to use this pla- uh, platform or I don't use our podcast too much as a soapbox, but this stuff is not acceptable. It can't continue to move forward. That book is bad. This guy is bad. Like we can't have, continue this cycle. So I just want to call it out. I, mm. you know, I, I actually, I called out, um, some dudes using non gender neutral pronouns right. on our, uh, on our CEO mailing list the other day. I'm like, nice. you know, from our VC firm, I'm like, our VC have, our VC firm has funded other humans companies that are not men so every email does not have to be hey guys hey dudes hey homie like yeah you know like get out of here so anyway there's my rant oh it's really good i'll post the links to that so people can see what's up uh with the latest with that because i think it was kind of still developing when i last looked at it actually it's really interesting okay so Next week, will you be in San Francisco? I will. I'll also have better audio. I, we don't know how this was going to be. It looks like it's peaking pretty hard. So Yeah, you're traveling, we'll though, see. so we have an excuse this week. I know. I'm sorry. Can, say you value good I audio. Actually, I, well, I really value good audio now. And I want to know if my audio is so annoying to people that like it just frustrates them because they should email. write in and tell me. Because, yeah. uh, what was it? It's like hello at chargepodcast.com, and it comes to both of us. So... <laughs> Don't just leave a review yes. saying it's bad audio. We want to know. So, hi. And also, thank you for the most recent review last week. It was very nice. Yeah, some great reviews. We really appreciate it. And we're sorry we missed some because we do like hanging out. And it's an excuse for us to talk, which is awesome. <laughs> All right. Great. Talk to you next week. I will indeed. 